I don't know about you, but I've been waiting all week for this podcast. You want to know why? Why? I have the best ice fishing story I think that is out there. I've told you guys the last podcast that we were going ice fishing to the cold weather, and I am so pumped to tell you the story. Uh, you piqued my interest. I, I got to hear this. You texted me something about your friend falling through the ice. Was, was that what it was? Yes. Yes. So for those of you who don't know, every year uh, we go ice fishing. It's uh, my uncle hosts this event, and there's probably about, by the time, eight, ten of us guys, all guys, just goes up north in New York State, a town called Lake Placid, and we just spend three days up in the middle of nowhere uh, ice fishing. So... Uh, This year, I brought a friend of mine who's all the way from California, who now lives in New York. Uh, He's a huge fisherman, bass fisher. Uh, You know, they don't get a lot of ice or snow out in California. So this is his first time ice fishing. He is pumped. I warned him to wear layers on layers on layers of warm warm stuff as we go up there. But uh, he gets all excited. You know, we're all pumped to get up there. Uh, When we get to the lake, we have to walk probably... Um, it's a pretty decent sized lake. So we probably walk, um, a couple thousand yards out and then around the corner, we're getting to, to the final stretch. We're like dragging out our tip ups. We're dragging out bait. We're dragging out beer, all this good stuff. Um, walking like it's no big deal. And then all of a sudden Josh is right in front of me. You just see half his body just fall right through a hole. And I'm talking, um, not only do I see him just drop right in front of me, the water, he got his whole left leg just submerged underwater. I'm talking like up to like up to his thigh, like completely underwater. Oh my god. By the time I know. So I'm laughing at this point because there's nothing else to do. He's he's freaking out. He's like, Oh my god, I'm gonna lose my leg. Like yada yada. <laughs> we uh we make it out probably another couple hundred yards to our fishing spot, and by the time we made it there, it was probably no more than a minute later. Uh, his leg that fell through was already completely ice because of how how cold it was. Like his pants were just a rock solid piece of ice. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah. So long story short, we got we got a campfire going, and and he was he was all good after that. After freaking out about his leg falling off, but uh, um, best part was literally we didn't catch any fish. Uh, we kind of gave up around two o'clock and just started drinking because there was nothing else to do. Uh, but the best part was this guy from California coming out to fish with us and just his first experience is just falling through the ice. So I've been waiting because it is that was that made the weekend perfect, even though there was no fish seeing this guy from California just fall right through the lake. So I don't know what you've been up to for the past couple of weeks, but that that's been me. So where, where have uh, you been at? Um, a lot of life events happening, you know, moving, uh, moving apartments, um, bought and games ring crypto market is absolute crap right now. You know, it's just down, not going anywhere. So that's fun too. Uh, what, what else we got going? Oh, I had a nice, uh, had a nice, uh, experience with a subcontractor that we had last week. Um, our favorite, tell us, come on. Uh, well, okay. So as you all know, uh, I've talked about before I do environmental, uh, remediation, uh, work in Maryland, Delaware. Uh, so for this one, we had a shop that, uh, we, they just had some underground storage tanks, heating oil, uh, was used to be in them. Some were leaking, you know, pretty standard stuff for, uh, under, right. underground storage tank pull. Right. Well, some contractor 
subcontracted contracted out his uh, his excavation work. You know, he so he had, he had an operator who was running the excavator. Uh, it was another environmental company that they also had a vac truck just in case we ran into some heating oil. Uh, you know, just something that needed to be get taken out of the uh, tanks that before we filled up with some cement. Well, anyway, oh, we're, gotcha. on, we're on a lunch break, right? And we're all talking. Mm-hmm. Mind you, this guy already is saying the F word every other cent- every other word, actually. Um, he's like, F and this, F and that, blah, 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 this and that. And you know, I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, in an office space, yeah, sure, a little bit unprofessional, but okay, whatever. It we're outside, we're out working, so it's not a big deal, right? Uh, nobody else right. is there, so I'm like, eh, whatever. Well, then the dude is just like, blah blah blah, and double gutter, and I'm like, what? I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't say anything. I was just, I was just standing there shocked. I was like, Did you just say the N word, like, it, what? <laughs> And I, I just did there, like, and I just you know listened to it was, and then he says it again. Uh, what? And then, and then a few minutes later, he's like, "Oh yeah," says it again. And he's just saying it like it's nothing. And I'm like, I'm just thinking. Is- now this wasn't. You didn't take like a trip to the deep south, right? You no. were still in the hometown well, of Delaware, Maryland area. Well, see, it. Maryland has certain parts of it that are pretty rural. There, a county I live in, Cecil, they call it Cecil Tucky for a reason. And <laughs> we actually had a KKK rally just 10 minutes north of where I live currently. Um, wow. If that, if that gives you any idea of like what this, what, what's like around here. Um, but yeah, these guys were from up in there. So, you know, I, I kind of get it, you know, pro America and all that fun stuff. But, uh, there's just some things you just don't say, you know, it's, nowadays. You just, just don't say. And he was doing it to describe somebody. And I'm like, why did you choose that word as opposed to black or something? Like, you know, it's, it's just like, it's just confusing sometimes. But yeah, it, it right. this, is, this is south of Mason Dixon, mind you, but not that south. Like, come on. It's not. Right. Well, it's, I think I'd be more thrown back at the fact that you're, you know, having lunch during a work thing. He brings it up. Like, I under, like, I'm not for it. And I don't think you are either. I'm not for racism, all the other stuff. Oh, but, gosh, I mean, especially nowadays, there's a thousand other ways you can say something oh, and gosh. still be okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not agreeing with him, but I mean, there's a thousand other ways you could have done that. And it's still kind of been like, okay, you know? Right. And it's just like, there, there's no reason for it. And his, his son wasn't any better. He didn't use the N word, but his son was saying the F word every other chip off the old chip off the old block, you know? So, nice. uh, yeah, it, that was a, nice. that was a fun experience. But then I did a manhole inspections with a really professional company. That was, that was a nice, nice experience, you know, cause they just did their job. You know, they had some small talk, but no swearing, no nothing. It was, you know, it was pleasant, you know, that that's what I'm looking for. But yeah, yeah my, my manager wasn't too happy with that. So uh, we kind of had to talk to the subcontractor, so, subcontracted that person out. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it, that's fair. Yeah, it was just not not spectacular, but yeah, that's that's kind of yeah. what's going on with me. Um, yeah, I, mean, I don't think I got anything to top that. I mean, the only thing <laughs> I got is my uh, my dog got sick again. Uh, she's allergic to everything under the sun, so it was first she's allergic to meds. This time it was she got stitches from being spayed, and then got allergic to the stitches when they dissolved. 
So um, she's just a nutcase. However, I find some joy in it, and it's like evil joy that you shouldn't be laughing at, but you should laugh at it at the same time. I see your we Instagram had to, stories. I see them. Monster. I know. We had to bring her to the vet. I know. We had to bring her to the vet. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, she's all good. Nothing serious. But she has to wear a cone, and it's amazing. Like the first time we put the cone on, she's like slamming into the side of the car. She can't run upstairs. And my wife called her um, Darth Sidious because she's like so sad in the cone that she's like outside. And the cone's like a black color too. So she's like outside the cone and she just has her head down. But you can just see her eyes peering over the cone. So it's like she's got the, the, you know, Sith Lord hood going on. (laughs) Um, It's really funny bringing her around and just seeing how crazy she gets. But, uh, that's like, I hate seeing her like it, but at the same time, it is a good laugh. It is a good laugh. I swear, I see you. I see your dog more on your wife's and your Instagram stories than anything else. Like it's literally just your Instagrams are dedicated to your dog, essentially. It. Do you got a problem with that? Uh, no, I'm not saying. I'm just. I'm just saying that. That's all I see on there. You know, I'm not. I'm not complaining. It's kind of interesting to see the shenanigans that your dog does because your dog is ridiculous. It's funny, but it's ridiculous. I know. I know. I know you think for a pit bull she'd be, you know, not as uh, allergic to everything. She'd be tough, but right. she is. She's a flower, but whatever. So, all right. So, anyway, changing getting subjects. into the topic. Yeah, topic for this week. Um, I don't even know what I'd call it. Pro tips. Pro tips. Productivity. I mean, something like that. I don't know. We're just doing pro- yeah pro- something along those lines. I, I can't even say that productivity. Yeah. Okay, that's how you say it. Yeah, whatever. Pro tips. Pro tips. So, uh, as an engineer, and I'm sure, I mean, I'm curious to see what you have to say because software engineer, we live around being totally efficient because we code so that we don't have to do work, or at least that's what I do. Um, but, I mean, there's a tons of stuff that you can do as a developer, and especially with technology nowadays that helps streamline your workflow in terms of whether it's me building a project or me just managing my time. There's a ton of stuff out there and everyone's different too. So even with technology, everyone might be on different platforms, but maybe they're connected somehow. So I don't know. Um, what a, Do you guys have anything in your office that's like real productivity? Like everyone's on the same system. Like uh, I can tell you our, t- our team um, of developers recently switched to using Microsoft Teams. So it was really bad before, and we just used email and Skype, which, I mean, as a productivity tool, is not really great. It's got its purposes, but that's not one Mm -hmm. of them. Uh, Microsoft Teams, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, is kind of like Slack. Uh, Microsoft kind of just took a bunch of stuff like Skype and other stuff and threw it together. looks really similar to uh, Skype, but uh, comes with Office 365 and allows us to do whole bunch of stuff. So you still got teams, you still got channels, uh, still got messaging files. Uh, you can integrate bots with them. So like we have our build servers hooked up to it. So we get notifications, um, all that good stuff. Do you guys use anything like that in your office? Or are you guys still an email office? Like most engineers? Oh gosh, no, please. They're, the engineers in my office seems to be like, you know, they're the old guard, you know, they're, uh, they're, Kind of stuck in their. I wouldn't say stuck in their ways, but they don't. They're not looking actively for ways to make things better. You know, like right. when I offered to. Well, I was on a project uh, for City of Philadelphia. We were doing 
phase one environmental side assessments. Um, and I was using Python to, because we had to put all these PDFs together um, for all the free chows, mm-hmm. there's a report. So I had to combine PDFs. So I, just, I used Python, um, which nobody else in the office knows what the, what the heck that was. Uh, and it's a snake, oh yeah, it's right? A snake. Yeah. It, it, but it makes, it, it's a really efficient <laughs> snake. Makes everything better. Slippery snake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they just, were just like, what's Python? I'm like, th- that's how I was able to get stuff done that took other people hours down to minutes. And they're like, uh, you know, then they saw like, oh, so you, uh, you can, you can start, you can use that to like make things better for the next time we do this. I'm like, yeah, way better. And then meanwhile, the other GIS guy was, uh, kind of chiming in on that too. Cause he was interested in Python. He doesn't really know it like I did. Cause I took a class in college on it, but he's been trying to use it with GIS. Um, he's at least he's interested. interested. Yeah, not he, just He's open to the idea. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I gotcha. My rule of thumb is if it takes me more than 30 seconds or I get asked the same question to do something mm-hmm. more than once, it's going to be oh, a program. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to automate it. It's like, I used to get questions all the time and now there's a setup tool so that I don't have to answer these questions or do something for someone. So yeah, I get that. Yeah. Uh, any tool or script that I can do to make life easier, just I'll spend the extra 10 minutes programming it than actually doing the job. Cause I know I'll have to do it again. Right. And I guess that's kind of a perk with your line of work is that you, you have repetitive tasks out there. You have a lot of repetitive tasks, but like for consulting, there's so many reports. And the thing with reports, you can't automate reports. You have to tailor the wording just right. You it's have tough. to yeah, have it's nuances tough. in there. You can't program that. Whereas with, you know, code, I feel like you could definitely yeah. do it more. Oh yeah. Cause I mean like, so even right now we're in what's called regression for, uh, we just finished a release cycle and everyone's just doing what's called regression tests, which is just going through kind of tests that have been out there forever to make sure nothing's mm-hmm. broke. Right. So you test new features, but you want to make sure the stuff that's already out there isn't broken. Um, a lot of that stuff is repetitive. You can imagine. Cause after every release, you're doing the same test. So we're getting more into automation. I know the team I'm on, we're doing, um, UI testing, so it's like making sure these buttons are here, making sure when I click this, this happens. Stuff that's um, so easy that uh, we have a recorder now where you can just tap it on the tablet, do all the stuff you want to do, and then boom, it's a test and it'll just do it from there on out automatically. You know, we get reports off of that to make sure nothing broke. But yeah, stuff like that's a lot easier to automate because no one wants to yeah. do it. I mean, it's just, it's Great. a pain to do the same thing over and over again. I don't want to log into my tablets like a thousand times. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to combine PDFs a thousand plus times. Actually it was 5,000 times. We had 5,000 houses. Yeah. I don't want to combine PDFs that many times. I want to click a button. I don't want to click a button 20,000 times. Break my mouse. I don't want that. Like, so, you know, you got to find things, uh, productivity. I mean, it saves money. A and B just makes your life a lot. I don't know. Just better, easier and better. Just, Right. We got to talk. Yeah. We had to talk this year about working more efficiently. And some people were like, oh, I, I can't give any more hours or I don't have any more time to dedicate to this. And it comes down to what we're talking about, about working smarter mm-hmm. and harder. So something that takes the guys in your office hours. Yeah. I'm going to spend a little time in the beginning mm-hmm. and write a script. But now every time I do it, right. 10 minutes, no yeah, problem. Exactly. No big deal. Yeah. So working smarter. So like even with um, going back to our build process. So that's a super repetitive task. That honestly just became so frustrating. I just went out and did it because it was so annoying. So like, here's our old cycle. So 
code a bunch of changes. Comes time that I have to build a version of the app that people can actually use and test, mm -hmm. whatever. I'd have to do that build by hand. So I'd have to go into our IDE. We use Visual Studio. Um, make the build. Sign the build with certificates. And then upload it to the spot that we have that distributes it. Write out all the release notes line by line. And then publish it. So like that process alone probably took like an hour every time I wanted to do a release to the point where it's Dear like, Lord. I'm not going to release. Yeah. I'm not going to release builds with bug fixes three times a week. Cause that's three hours out of my week, just writing notes and building and uploading yeah. and all that other stuff. Right. So that's why there's this thing now called DevOps. DevOps is something that no programmer wants to do, but just wants to know a guy who does it. Um, so I moved all my personal projects to it just because I've, the benefit of it's so good. So that process I just explained is now I build code changes. And then when I think there's enough code changes uh, where I want to build, I can just click a button. Uh, it builds my app. It automatically bumps the version. It automatically signs it. It goes through all my commits that I've made. So all my code mm -hmm. changes and uh, automatically writes up release notes. There's like a PowerShell script that just you know, loops through them and That's then awesome. writes good notes. Um, automatically uploads it to uh, our distribution system and emails everyone. So this hour-long process just became 10 minutes of a server somewhere doing it for me. And with all that extra time, it's literally so even when that's done now, instead of like emailing around like, oh, is this build good? Did we test this? Did we do that? You know, more lapse in communication. Uh, when that build's done and is uploaded, it automatically will then fire off mm -hmm. UI tests. So as the QA department is testing it, it's automatically being tested for the regression tests that we know have to be done each time. So you're doing two things at the same time. And then when that's done, if we know it's done, they get to go into the build server and literally just sign their name and it automatically goes out to production, automatically rebuilds it, does all that. Um, so literally a task that would take us four to five hours every time we'd have a release by the time it's said and done from development to QA to production is now maybe 20 minutes. And it's 20 minutes of me watching it do it automatically. It's not even 20 minutes of me doing it. It's 20 minutes of me watching something wow. to it. Oh. I mean, that's like a huge, huge Jeez. hack. I, like, I wish we had some productivity hack in my yeah. work, you know, just something even comparable to that. But no, <laughs> no. I mean... Yeah, it's been so good that I even use it for personal right. projects because you can imagine, it's like that's my full-time job. Like I get paid to sit around and uh, mm. build these releases for personal projects. Yeah, yeah. I don't get paid to do it. So for me to take an hour, two hours to do a build, that's literally me wasting right. an hour or two. It, that's just... So, yeah. I mean, you guys, I, I can't imagine what you guys have to do because you guys don't have like releases and stuff. Is there anything with Esri that you guys do that's like some sort of a system or you guys just have those I Python mean, scripts? we haven't even really done much with the Python scripts. Uh, the GIS, one of the GIS guys that he, he's a technician. So he does CAD and he does GIS mainly. Um, he's been playing around with Python yeah. scripts to do like repetitive uh, layouts and P, uh, push PDFs into files um, to create, you know, uh, files to send to clients or whatever. Um, if you had to make multiple files or multiple PDFs of different views of different uh, anything really, and it's the same MXZ, but you just have to have different uh, layouts. 
you know, you could change that every single time, just program okay. that in Python, just hit a button and boom, it's done. Um, I mean, it's that, that, I don't know if it really helps as much because it's a different, it's a different view. It's a different layout every single time. It's different, uh, shape files that you need to use. So you have to change all that anyway. So like, I don't know how much it actually helps, but uh survey yeah. one, two, three is actually something that is, we're looking into pretty nicely, um, to help with geotech. We do a lot with that. Um, we do that a lot with environmental too, just because you know you're going out there, you're taking a you're taking a picture, um, or a collector also. I mean, you take a picture, and then you take some notes on the picture and GPS point, and then all uploads. Um, honestly, Esri's host of apps, mobile apps, really help in the field doing different things and automatically getting them back to uh, the office. Are those apps uh, yeah. built by Esri? Yeah, they're, they're official. Yeah. Oh, Did you wow. know about those? Oh, you should. We should. We'll, uh, no, I didn't. We'll put some links in the show notes because I'm actually yeah. really curious about that. I've never. Uh, I just thought of Esri as a GIS mapping. I never knew they actually went out oh, and yes. did stuff it's like this. One, two, three is like, which I guess is fair because I, I only see, I only see the right. development side. Yeah, Survey One Two Three is amazing, especially if you have like for the city of Philadelphia. What we had to do is you know do a survey essentially for each and every single uh, house. <clears throat> and it was literally going into a word document and checking boxes and then writing stuff out the same thing. And all of it literally could have been done with a Python oh, wow. script. If I was given a, a few days, maybe because I'm not that great at Python, but still give me a few days. I could have done it, but with survey one, two, three though, like it all automatic, automatically makes everything already puts in all the check boxes. You just touch the button and just automatically goes through for every single one. And then you just have to like, and then based on your GPS oh, location cool. too, uh, you can take pictures and then it'll attach it all to the same form and, and it'll put it into PDF all for you. It'll put on the, uh, description for the PDFs and everything. It just automatically does that, all of that for you. Yeah. So how, how much time do you think that saves you opposed um, to like doing that by so hand? So it would take me about, we'll take two of us about 10 minutes to, do the pictures and the forms in the field and come back to the office Have to go through the, Oh, wow. Um, go through the pictures, turn them into P or well, they already are in PDFs because we used a uh, Microsoft lens or office lens. Um, put mm-hmm. the annotations on the photographs, photograph one, photograph two, photograph three, make sure that they're all oriented correctly. Then we had to, um, put arrows on the, uh, map, um, on on just like a general map of the actual house and then say photograph one and show the azimuth that we took with the photo. And then we have to write down photograph one, photograph two, photograph three, all of those arrows. And then we had to get FEMA maps. We had to get uh, EPA maps. We had to get, um, there was, a, there was another form that we had to fill out too. So all in all, I would say probably about, for three hours or so, you know, total from start to finish for each house, basically. And it was just if, and that's that, if that's if you did it by hand, hand versus yeah. the app, which I'm guessing the app takes like 10 yeah, with, 15 minutes with the app, it'd yeah. probably be around about 30 minutes, I would say, or less, you know, per house, probably less, yeah. honestly. Wow. 
just because you have to go through key A, key C, check everything, make sure everything's yeah. looking good. But yeah, it was, oh my yeah, God, that yeah. probably saves a ton of time. And be, when we, before we even went into this um, city of Philadelphia project, nobody even knew about it. Nobody researched anything. We we're just like, all right, we got to go. We got to go. Got to get this thing done. And nobody took the time to see, maybe we could do this more efficiently. You know, we took the time to talk to people who had GIS experience or anything like that. So yeah, now they know. So next mm-hmm. time we have to do that, which we yeah. will have to do that again with another 4,000 houses. So that'll be interesting. Oh yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Getting going to the ghetto with that. <laughs> uh, so other than survey one, two, three, which I've now I'm going to mm-hmm. look into, cause that's pretty cool. Is there any other tools that, uh, you guys use or maybe you use out in the field or something that that helps you do Uh, stuff faster i don't know like i know like -hmm. i know for me right so not even like productivity tools like we'll get into that in a little bit like in terms of Mm -hmm. task management and all that other stuff but like even me so like when i start a new project uh a lot of the stuff i have to write is like you can't get around it. Like I have to connect to the internet. I have to make a web call. I have to cache data, right? It's code that I can't avoid, but if I have to write the same thing over and over and over (laughs) and over again for each project, it just gets annoying. So like, uh, I go out there and there's a couple libraries I use that like really help me out. And I'll put links to the show notes in this for like, um, refit is a really good library that handles all my network calls. So like before when I wanted to, you know, connect to an API or something to get data, it would be, you know, six lines Mm -hmm. of code for every call to convert that. Um, This is like 10 lines to set up. And then every call is just one line. Uh, So cutting stuff in half. Uh, There's a couple other libraries too. So like with .NET, a huge benefit that they came out with is called .NET Standard. Uh, .NET Standard lets you write a, doesn't let you build an application, but lets you build a library. So this is a library that I can pull into an application with, you know, uh, custom-defined caching, custom-defined logging, stuff that I know I'm going to use over and over again. I can build it once and just pull that into a project. Um, But with .NET Standard, what's huge is I can write that library once in one language, and I can use it for an iOS app. I can use it for an Android app. I can use it for a Windows app. I can use it for Mac, Linux, web app, anything. Um, so that's huge. Like talk about time saving when they came out with .NET Standard. I instantly took all my libraries and converted it to it because it's like, oh, I built this in Android. And then six months later, it's like, oh, I need an iOS, but it's already done. Wow. I don't have to write a different language or all that other stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And there's other stuff too, like... Um, Node.js has stuff like this. So Node can kind of run anywhere if you pick the right framework. Like uh, for desktop apps, you can use Electron, which I've I've used for a couple projects. Um, and then you can use Ionic. Ionic is the same thing for iOS and Android. Um, but the huge thing about .NET is, I mean, those are technically the same, but they're different frameworks. .NET standard is, doesn't matter the framework, well, it'll just work on all awesome. of them. Which is awesome. Yeah. Do you have anything like that? Like, let's say you have a new uh, client that you got to do surveys for or something. Do you guys have like a Esri template that you guys reuse over and over again? Or do you guys just always start I mean, we kind of have a, a template for our layout of any GIS work, you know, with standard, um, standard form, you know, with our co- company name, date, and all that fun stuff. But other than that, though, um, it all has to be hand done all brand new every single time and you know it's just how it is and with 
civil and environmental uh, geotech engineering, like there's no way around that. You have to customize everything for each person. So the only way that you can really save time or cut time is through things like Slack or uh, honestly, well, just Slack or automating when you get the chance repetitive tasks, which doesn't happen that often. Um, right. Yeah. Cause there's nothing like, you know, we're not re-releasing stuff or we're not, uh, we're not building things for different platforms. You know, it's just the same, same thing, you know, AutoCAD right. is AutoCAD is AutoCAD. You know, everybody can open up a DW, right. no problem. Uh, do you guys, do you guys like for AutoCAD or anything, have any like plugins or anything that you use to save you time? I don't think so. No, because everything for every single, I mean, you got to step up your game. I mean, I don't really touch AutoCAD because that's not my, I, you know, I get paid uh, to review stuff, review things that were made in AutoCAD. I don't, you know, actually Mm. create the AutoCAD. Um, I've actually never been trained in AutoCAD, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but like uh, the civil guys, side note. Yeah. Side note. Uh, Civil guys though, they, I don't, I, I don't see them taking stuff and just reusing it. I mean, sometimes sure, um, there's certain like uh, certain symbols and things like that. Obviously, that you're going to reuse, but past that though, you have to make everything from scratch because everything's going to be new. You know, um, it yeah. it's kind of annoying that way, but at the same time, that's just the nature of the job, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't sure if there's anything that you guys use with Esri or or um, AutoCAD that's plugin wise. Like, even if it's not repetitive, like for Visual Studio, I have a couple of plugins that I use that save me time. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's uh, there's one plugin I use that like automatically um, deletes folders. So like, there's this common issue with .NET where sometimes things will just get out of whack, so you have to delete mm-hmm. folders. Um, this just I can do it with the click of a button rather than open File Explorer, find the folders, and delete them. Um, another one lets me like right, right click and regenerate files rather than open a command line and regenerate right. files. Yeah. See, we're, we're not doing stuff like that. That's like, like, hacks. Yeah, we're not doing anything like that. <laughs> I mean, it just, oh, okay. it's just how, no. how our work goes, unfortunately. But yeah, I yeah. mean, there's certain, no, that's, there's certain that's things fine. too that like used to be, Oh, you have to go through a vendor, um, or you have to go, you have to hand mm. calculate this. Um, one thing that we do all the time is size pumps. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, and there's a one manufacturer called Xylem that actually has a tool called Xylect, and then you just put in your your requirements for the pump, you know, like the head, the mm-hmm. flow, and that kind of stuff. Um, and it'll give you a range of pumps. It'll give you the pump curves. It'll give you the, the CAD drawings. It'll give you um, the efficiencies. It'll give you everything that you ever want to know about this pump. And before you have to go through a vendor and then they would have to recommend it. And then you'd have to trust them that they're correct. You can, I mean, you couldn't oh, before gotcha. this back in the day, you'd have to like kind of, yeah. uh, you have to look through a, a physical paper catalog, flip through, you know, kind of be like, okay, this one's close. This one's close. You know, I kind of like, you know, this one, this is the system curve. I like, okay. So maybe this pump curve will work with it, blah, blah, blah. You know, um, it, it, it a oh, lot more yeah. guesswork than Absolutely. actually, and then it, it would just take a lot more time. But now with that kind, with those kind of tools, and there's like a lot of vendor tools too, um, that'll do the same thing um, with different. Do you have to pay for any? 
you have to pay for all these vendor tools or are there any that are just open no no they're just all open um yeah yeah oh really like they're all like just anyone can yeah go they're get actually all uh, web apps um thankfully <laughs> um yeah oh, so nice. you just type everything in and nice. spits it out uh it makes our lives a lot easier but that's that's honestly it because like you know how much i would love to automate my plan reviews but i can't do that because there's certain things that you have to look with a human eye unfortunately now if i could code if i could code like okay is there um find the station numbers and then find the distance between two manholes is it correct you know yes or no if no then put a red x through it and then make a note on it if i could do that i would but I feel like that's way too much work, honestly. Yeah. You know, a, a bot can't go. Yeah. Who knows? It yeah, might get exactly. there. I mean, AI, that'd be yeah. sweet. I know they'll soon be doing your plans for you. I, I mean, we that. even saw, we were talking offline this week about the new, uh, that new mm-hmm. Esri feature that measures stuff for you. There's your measuring manhole covers right there. I know that was pretty cool. Yeah. That is really cool. I haven't seen that in a mapping program before. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, it was this tool and uh, was it Esri Online that did it? I think it's uh, um, I think it's in their pro let's... version, like the desktop pro. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, on a map, you can click you can click a point on the ground, so I can pick you know the intersection of here, mm-hmm. and then draw a line to the top of a 3D model, and it'll let me know how tall the model is. Stuff like that. Yeah. That's pretty cool when you get down to it to know how you know distance wise how everything is because looking at a map's one thing but being like oh that's 100 feet away right know, pretty or sweet like stuff 3d visualization with pro desktop like you know you have uh, census data and then you have census data for each level of a building so you can actually look at that mm-hmm. in 3d do a fly through yep. you can see yep. what um, what demographics you want to look at in a building alone you know or on a street and fly through it and stuff like that you know that's pretty cool um, when you need it obviously all right, so enough about hacks with with Esri, with coding, whatever. What do you? Uh, I know we talked about what we use for like personal notes. So like I use uh, OneNote, but mm-hmm. I used to be really big into Evernote. Um, I think if I'm right, I think, you still I think use really Evernote. Really big is an understatement, honestly. <laughs> That's fair. It, I mean, okay, do you for, use, do you use for Evernote? all you who don't know him? Okay, this kid in high school, he would ever know anything if it was able to be ever put on evernote he would put it on evernote like pictures notes for class I, any I files ever it was it was kind of disgusting a bit but i had good notes i just always hit the limit of the number of files <laughs> i could upload in a month within like the first week yeah and then they switched to the uh pay for your uh more than two devices then you're like nah i'm out yeah so anyone who's listening, that's how loyal I am. The second you start charging me for something, <laughs> I will switch. So it was literally Evernote came out. They're like, hey, there's a month left of the free thing. And then if you have more than two devices, you're going to have to start paying per I mean, month for it. And I, I was mean, like, weren't you already paying per month, happening. though? Because I thought you had like no. – No. I thought you were. Oh. No. Nope. Nope. I, I coasted on free. Um, <laughs> of course you did. So as soon as they came out with paid, I uh, found a service that uh, migrates from Evernote. So I was like, cool, looking around the job I was about to get hired for, um, had Office 365. The place I have now uses Office 365. And um, even my own personal email that through my domain uses Office 365. So I was like, perfect, just going to OneNote, does the same thing and it migrates, so whatnot. And uh, at the same time, I just got a, a laptop with a touchscreen 
And I think you were talking about your service book. It's so much easier to use oh, yeah. the pen and stuff with OneNote than it oh, is. Oh, yeah. My girlfriend loves it because she can like draw and stuff on it. It's awesome. Yeah. On, on OneNote. Not even yeah. a, I mean, not I, even drawing app. Just on OneNote. You know, you can screw around with it. Yeah. I literally – I mean I'm still like this with meetings. So like if I'm sitting in the meeting, boom, laptop, taking notes mm-hmm. in OneNote. Um, I got this thing called a uh, Rocket Book. Have you heard oh, yeah, of this? Yeah, the one, is that the ones that you microwave? I thought it. Yes. So I have I have one of those too, and I actually uh, use that for OneNote as well. So I'll go through, take all my notes by hand if I can with my laptop, and then I'll scan them up later. So that's another. They are expensive, but that sounds awesome. I mean, do you? Yeah, they are cool. I'll put a link in the show notes. The RocketBook thing is just it's sweet. Like you literally just take notes. And for me, a big thing when I take notes is to have. Uh, grid paper instead mm-hmm. of line paper. I hate line paper. I'd rather just have grids because it's like take a notes, boom, oh, right, draw yeah. a wireframe. Take a notes, wireframe, no big deal. So yeah, those are yeah, that's huge for me. I mean, do you use anything other than Evernote? Oh, like, um, just I use Wunderlist or Wunderlist. I don't, I don't know how you say. It. Um, I I used to use Wunderlist, but I I it just got easy to ignore real quick. Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, I kind of keep have to keep on top of it, especially with like when I get emails, you know, oh, do this or do that. Or if I get verbally told, oh, do this, do that, you know, um, then I can just write down one list while I'm doing it uh, just to remember it. Uh, yeah, but the- at the same time, though, I wish like everybody just sent me an email, honestly, because I can just flag it in Outlook and, and have it in my tasks and then I just have it go through there that's yes. so nice so what what uh what uh, email client do you use on your phone outlook okay because it's the only so, one that works with my e- work email <laughs> yeah so this is what i discovered with outlook and i think there's uh, another application at least for ios called airmail that does this mm-hmm. but this is similar to flagging it as a task but this is like a huge like this saves me all the time um so a mm-hmm. lot of the times you know i have my work email i have my personal email and my side business email um mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll just keep getting emails all day long. Um, right. But the problem is, is I'll see the email, read it. I might not have time to reply or it's something that's like through a side job. So I'll have to take care of it after hours, stuff like that. But if, it, but if I leave it in my email unread, chances are mm-hmm. I'm going to lose it real quick with the amount of right. other stuff that's coming in. Uh, in Outlook, you can set up in settings swipe gestures. Like you can swipe left on a message, swipe right on a message. Yeah. They have one that'll schedule it to email you again at a certain time. So like if oh, I sick. if I get a message from someone, I'm like, oh, I can take care of this at seven o'clock tonight. Boom. Swipe seven o'clock. Seven o'clock rolls around and it re-emails me the same thing. So now it's at the top of my list and I oh, can take so care cool. of it. That's like a huge saver. Like I'm sitting in meetings and I get an email. Right. Boom, remind me later, remind me later, remind me tomorrow. It's I do that with texts actually. With Android now, you can actually like uh, set them to a later time. To, I'm jealous of that. Yeah, because like you just like press and hold and swipe over, and then you have hit like a schedule or a clock thing, and it will remind you an hour. Like in a yeah. meeting, that's nice. I like the whole. Yeah, I love the whole reschedule thing because it's basically me saying uh, you emailed me at the wrong time, so I'm going to email mm-hmm. me when I want to email me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's a huge plus. And uh, even though I don't use Wonderlist, I use an application called mm-hmm. Trello. Oh yeah, we use that, it, and I think that's well. Just well the, we the we didn't don't use that in my uh, oh. in my at my work, but in college though, we used it so much. Oh okay. Uh, it 
Yeah, that just uh, that I just, just saved us because, like, in some college, it was a project based uh, course that we did. Um, and with that, you know, you have everybody has their own like uh, list, and then you can just drag and drop stuff to those to those people. Yeah, yeah, that is true. So I think um, I'm not in love with it. I don't hate it either. Um, it's kind of right now the best tool out there for me to use. But if there's a better one, I want to hear our listeners' thoughts to see if they have something better. Uh, the whole yeah. thing I like with Trello is it has to-do list, which I was okay with Wonderlist. Like I like doing the to-dos, assigning stuff, deadlines, all that good mm-hmm. stuff. But as a developer, a lot of what we work on is boards. So I have a backlog and in progress, a done, a waiting on, you know, different columns. Um, and that's the part with Trello that I like is it combines the to do aspect, the scheduling aspect with me being able to just drag them left and right between comms. Like, Oh, I'm working on this now, or, Oh, this is waiting on someone else. So I can just quickly log in and see on my board what I'm supposed to be working on versus what I'm waiting on and all that other stuff. Right. So, yeah, I kind of wish we did that in where I work because, and what we did in college, you know, we would break down all the tasks for is a specific, uh, Minimum viable progress MVP. I don't know if you've heard of that before. Um, no, no. It, it's supposedly they got it from like coders. How this was set up, this entire thing was set up like with MVPs and uh, uh, and like kind of how you set up with a project and you you write down all of your tasks they want to do. You say how many hours is going to be, yep. and then you list them in order of importance, and then yep. you assign them to each person. And then if something needs to be done later, you put it in the icebox and then you take that out when you're, you're, when you're ready to do it or when you have time to do it or something that's, like that. That's literally the same thing, but just different names. Right. So like for, yeah, for exactly. programmers, yeah. the process is called storyboarding okay. where we have a bunch of high level things like um, a search bar on a website would be a high level thing. Low level things mm-hmm. would be like different tasks like design the search bar, implement the back end for the search bar, implement the database for the search bar. Those get timed out and assigned to people. Um, and then when it's done, the higher level item, the actual search bar as a whole item, gets put as a priority. And then we figure out what's going to get done in that iteration. And then instead of an ice box, we call it the, the product backlog. And everything that we can't do just gets put in there. And if we mm-hmm. have time, we'll pull it out of the backlog and work on it in that iteration. Right. So same concept. Yeah, and I, I really do think that engineer, even any type of engineering company, could benefit from using that, just because then if somebody's like, "Oh, I'm finished with this project. What's next?" You know, it's already there, and then you, and then it forces you to have regular meetings with the team working on that project, whatever it may be. Right. And update everybody. Okay, what do we do? What can we do better? And then reset right. the MVP and go again. And I kind of yeah. wish we did that, but at the same time, it takes a lot to implement. It takes a lot of time, and you don't want to be charging a client for that almost. Um, but it, yeah, it would save some time. Yeah, that's tough when you're charging clients. Yeah, because you yeah. have to charge. Charging I mean, clients, I, think, I guess that's a, We could charge it to general overhead, but at the same time, though, then you're charging the company, and then you know, up higher up gets kind of mad at that. Yeah, that's tough. Like We do it um, before all of our... Uh, mm-hmm. release cycles we like spend a couple weeks like actually planning mm-hmm. the stuff out um, going over each item all that stuff um, but see but you're we, not working for a client though that's exactly what I was going to say ours is just it's literally our own benefit we're going to waste the time anyway doing something like let's let's get it done right out in the beginning um, and mm-hmm. get it done because it's our schedule it's our product no clients right. it's, it's just us 
So I, yeah. that's that's a benefit. But yeah, I can see when you have to bill a client, how it'd be like, is it ethical? Do we eat the cost? Do we not? Right. It's, and that's tough, and so. a lot of times it's municipalities, it's like towns. And I'm just like, and, and we're getting paid with taxpayer money. And, right. and nobody likes to be paying taxes in the first place. And then who am I to be wasting people's tax money? You know, yeah. I, I don't like that because I just feel like that's unethical to waste taxpayer money. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, no, that's fair. Now, with terms of messaging. So I have been made fun of this entire week because apparently it's an outdated form of communication to be texting people. So define it's cause, texting. Like I'm not using a Google Hangout. I'm not using Discord. I'm not using um, WhatsApp or something to talk to someone else. I'm like I'm sending them a SMS text message. Is apparently old school. Really? Do you have yeah? Do you have anything that you use, or is it just um, I don't know. Maybe I'm out of the time. Maybe I'm just crazy. But I mean, me and my girlfriend use, use WhatsApp uh, just because she has horrible service in her apartment at school. Right. That's fair. And it goes through the it goes through the internet. Yep. But uh if everybody had like Google Fi like I do, then you could just text through the internet, which is super nice. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Or Sprint or something right, like so that. Guess, but screw Sprint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, that's cool. Any other productivity tricks, tips that you use, Ricky, whether for work or for what you do? Um I, honestly, I can't really I think we cover them all. Honestly, you know, it's just Keep it on top of things. Anything that and you know, whatever works for you, I think is the biggest thing. Um, and we'll and we'll uh, write down everything that you know we talked about today uh, in our show notes. Um, but yeah. you know, and if anybody has any other suggestions, feel free to email us or comment or whatever. Uh, let us know because we'd love to hear from you and what you guys. Because we can always improve. Everybody can always improve what they're doing. Well, that's what we discovered too. Is that there's always. Uh... There's a million different tools. It's really just knowing what you got and picking what's best for your team. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, what may be good for you won't may not be good for somebody else, and it's just whatever you feel comfortable with, whatever your company feels comfortable with, and that's the main. Right. That's the biggest thing. What people are going to be able to yeah. adopt because if people don't like it, they're just gonna be like, "No, nah, I'm yeah. not going to use that. I'm just going to use email or something like that." Right. But every need is different. For me, I'm going to use GitHub when I do projects, but I can't imagine Ricky ever using GitHub to track his Python code for S3. <laughs> <laughs> what even is a GitHub? So, no, honestly. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, but, see, exactly. exactly. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, yeah, if, you, if anyone has any questions or comments about this week's topic, you know, suggestions, maybe there's something that we missed that would save me tons of time. I'm all for hearing how I can save myself time. So uh, as Ricky said, feel free to contact us through the website, email us at info at the engineer of what.com. Uh, and for this week, this is Nate. This is Rick. Thanks for listening.